0: Well, welcome everyone. I'm so delighted that everyone's here today. Ah, it sounds so amazing to have music live. We've been listening on screen to Linda for two years. We used to have her live and then together. So you're fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you. The sound is great. Yes, it is. Um, my name is Georgia and I'm one of the CSL licensed practitioners here in White Rock. And it's um, wonderful that you're joining us today. And if this is your first time, Make sure you catch us afterwards for coffee. Um, my dear sister, Penny, back in the back row, made her own homemade bacon, all included. Yeah. <laughs> so there's bacon and cookies and there's coffee and tea, so help yourself. And I just want to take a moment and just do a little opening in So just kick back and take a breath. And we know in this moment that this divine intelligence, this wondrous idea that we call universal, mind, divine goodness, divine wholeness, spirit, source, all of that is who we are right here, right now. And this is who I am. And this is who you are. And today I welcome the openness, the open heartedness as we walk each other home together. And the new ideas and the new thoughts that flow so freely and so openly and so quickly as we all create greater self-awareness. That's our only job in this (laughs) class. So I welcome this, and I open this, this moment today, and please join me in saying that so it is. As we begin our gathering, I want to acknowledge that as settlers on this land, we're honoured to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Coast sage peoples. We thank the first people who have continued to live on these lands and care for them along with the waters and all that is above and all that is below Here we are at Cell White Rock, and we're a spiritual community. We're a learning center. We have classes. I'm actually teaching one of the classes right now. Wow, I'm having fun. We teach spiritual principles and we offer tools to use in all areas of life regularly and consistently. Our life flourishes and flows on an easy grace because we practice these. And these are the four cornerstones. Number one, there's one life, and it's the creator of all life of things. We are spirit having a human experience. We say that all the time, spirit, we're all spirit having a human experience. And this is my husband's favorite. My first husband's at the back. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing outside of us needs to change in order to be happy. Nothing outside of us needs to change in order to be happy.
1: And we're all here to walk each other home. Sorry, I haven't done this on live on camera before. So our vision for CSL White Rock, sure, yeah. um,
0: it's a loving, vibrant world that works for all. So welcome, friends and family, and thank you for being here today. I'd like to offer a warm welcome for the first time guests, as I said, and for those who are on Zoom, please let us know who you are and where you're Zooming in from by posting your name and location on the Zoom chat. And Tamara, who's online right now, will be catching those for us later. And now it's a perfect time to welcome Linda back. And Linda is a well-known musician across Canada. She's produced music, songs. She writes songs. She is, is I, I, I've said, we've said this so many times and we're so delighted that you were able to be here in person today, Linda. Do you have any music that you, we could post online that you have, can we get, or maybe you could tell too later? Sure. If you do, okay. So Take it away, Linda. Thank you
2: that I wrote quite a few years ago when I lived out here in Crescent Beach, and uh, my mom passed away in November. So almost a year, it's really, it's gone by pretty fast and slow. (laughs) It's funny how time works. the river gray clouds are swirling there's an eagle floating circles must be dinner time in this world of mine I'm thinking about my father gone for years seems like yesterday I'm thinking about my mother Still here taking care of me i remember remembering the childhood prayer We sat on our knees every night at bed Now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep Teeth were just like little pearls, and the animals should all be free cause we are one big family, and the high heel sounds of your shoes downtown We're all dressed up to see Santa Claus if I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take God bless my mom God bless my dad my sister and my brother and all the loved ones in my life especially all the mothers I remember the day your mother died how you clutched my hand and how you cried time it runs away from us. Seems we're always trying to find it. Amen. 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 You are still a rock after all these years. After all our smiles and all our tears And I do believe that we are blessed To have each other through these tests You taught me well And I never forgot That God lives here In all our hearts And when it's time for you to go Take my child and hold her close. You taught me love, that's what I know.
0: got wow. chills going up and down my spine i hope i can hope i can talk now <laughs> okay so now i get the, the wonderful opportunity to to uh welcome dear rev terry shea and um terry is the reason i'm standing here anyways um he he launched five of us in this center through his teaching that five of us became practitioners and rev uh, diane bachon's here today and myself and Tamara, who's training to be a minister. And so that's thanks to Terry. And He launched many, many um, people to become ministers up and down the West Coast. Um, we love it when he comes back to speak for us. Uh, he was our past director for 20 years and uh, he taught many classes and he's a captivating teacher, brilliant speaker. He brings his deep love and rever- reverence of life into embracing living life fully and completely he also has his own private practice as a counselor so hey you could go see him Uh, and in retirement he officiates funerals weddings he still speaks at csl centers all over he mentors ministers counsels clients and he sails his boat in his spare time he has a wonderful boat um he he also when i was when he was at our center we were working with uh young people who were at a rehab center in surrey on king george highway i don't know if you remember the name of that place i it's dropped my mind but the vulcan academy that was it thank you the vulcan academy and he had all these 20 something young people who were recovering addicts who came to our center on sundays and he used to go in there and teach them and he had a huge impact on those kids and i i will never forget that Um, he uh and also i meant to ask you can you mute your phones in the audience just before he speaks He continues his tenacious learning appetite where he enthusiastically shares with his contemporaries by teaching classes and facilitating panel discussions, which he's done for us in the past. He is planning to offer another course for us in the future to be announced, I believe, yes. And so please join me in welcoming,
1: sit back and enjoy Rev. Terry Shea.
3: That's quite an introduction. I'm, I actually impress myself.
4: <laughs>
3: um, this, this is um, the book that inspired the lecture today, and um, it's uh, by Thomas Merton, and it's called The Ascent to Truth. I do not recommend it.
4: <laughs>
3: um, only because it was written early in Merton's life as a monk and probably in the 1950s, and uh, he, he talks about contemplation in, um, in a language that no longer exists, even in the Catholic Church. Um, it's um, very dated in his perceptions. You need, the, you need to be able to uh, take it and translate it um, through the, um, the new thought teaching that I have been a part of now for over 20 years. It is a tremendous resource for understanding contemplation. However, I think um, I've already had possibly one of the best uh, definitions of contemplation um, that I could possibly ask for. And that was Linda's singing of, are you listening? Because in the end, really what contemplation is, is not so much us thinking but it is us listening and it is in very much as linda said in that lovely song are you listening to the voice that's calling you home some time ago a few months ago i had an opportunity to talk to a minister a young minister who was um making making his way forward into ministry and i asked um do you love god the answer that i got was no answer something along the lines of wow that's that's a big question <laughs> I said yeah it's probably among the biggest but yes that's the question take your time you don't have to answer I still don't have an answer, by the way. But in the interim, I've been thinking about the question because I was never asked that question as a young minister.
1: And I find that interesting.
3: I never asked any of my ministerial students, 21 of whom are still active in ministry, one of them present here today. I never asked any of them, do you love God? And I think that's a very strange phenomenon if you're in ministry. So I've been reflecting on it from the perspective of, maybe it's not a big part of what we teach in New Thought, in Science of Mind. Have you ever been asked in a Science of Mind Church if you love God? My guess is probably not. My guess is that you have been asked questions like, um, do you know how to use the teaching? Do you know how to manifest? Do you know what um, uh, mental equivalents are? All of it very, very important. But Ernest Holmes was a mystic, and his understanding of the action and activity of that which we call God, which I usually write with G-D, meaning I'm not talking about the God you think I'm talking about. I'm talking about the God that I actually don't know much about, and I'm in constant communion with, and is in constant communion with me. I want to share this with you about contemplation. This is what um, Thomas Merton says about it. Christian mysticism or contemplation is born out of a theological crisis, meaning an existential crisis, the truest sense of the word existential crisis. And the crisis is precipitated by the very nature of the faith that Paul describes in Corinthians, where he says, we live by faith, but not by sight. The crisis is born of a spiritual conflict. It is a victory that suddenly appears in the hour of defeat. It is a providential solution to problems that appear to have no solution. It is a reconciliation of enemies and inimical circumstances that seem to be without reconciliation. It is a vision of love mounting into the darkness, which no reason can penetrate, and uniting in one bond the loose strands that our intelligence alone cannot connect, it draws our entire being into divine oneness, the effects of which we know will ultimately flow into the world outside. When I read that, I thought about the number of times I've sat across from someone who has come for spiritual mind treatment. They've been in the depths of a crisis, something that their reason, their intelligence, their life just had not prepared them for. And they sat across from me as their practitioner and told me their story. And I was able to say, with Dr. Raymond Charles Barker, one of our great teachers, I hear what you say. I hear the pain that is in there. And what I know is there is not a word of truth in it. And what Barker was trying to say is that I know a higher reality than the one you are actually dealing with at this point in time. And my job as your teacher and practitioner and spiritual director is to draw you into that higher reality is to give you access to something greater that you cannot know with your limited intelligence, even though it is your reason that draws you into it. I want to talk for a moment about this faith. As you know, the scriptures were, were translated from Greek into Latin. They say that it was Uh, translated by saint jerome nobody knows the facts of this stuff back then but what we do know is that the original even though it was not jesus's language was written down in greek and the word that was used as an expression of faith was the word in greek pistis and it was translated into latin as fides fides and pistis are close But they are not the same thing. Pistis means trust.
1: Not faith exactly, but a heart aspect of faith.
3: When we approach life and our prayer life and our contemplative life and our practitioner life,
1: from pistis, that trust in what is behind all things, then
3: we have the faith that operates without sight. And interestingly enough for contemplation, it is not even the sight of reason. But it is a knowing of God that has, if you were to go to Dr. Ernest Holmes, the science of mind in the glossary, he would talk to you about the imminence of God and the transcendence of God. And he would say, along with the the Islamic scholars, that God is as close to you as your neck vein. And if you put your fingers on your carotid artery. You'll feel your heartbeat. That is how close God is to you. As a matter of fact, what it says is God is operating in you, through you, and as you. In every moment.
1: But. Even though we know the imminence of God, we know that God is
3: transcendent, that God is absolute other, unknowable with the human mind. And yet, our reason draws us to know this thing that we call God. It's a miracle. The most important faculty of contemplative life is our reason and our pistis, our faith. And this is where religious science comes into it. And this is how I use religious science to translate the spirituality that I learned as a child. Tamara said, you'll be speaking on Thanksgiving. You might want to stop and think about what you're grateful for. Not bad advice, huh? And I started thinking, you know, I started on this spiritual path that I'm on. Well, I can remember myself walking. I can remember walking to school. I think I was in grade four which would mean I was nine years old. And I remember walking along and I was having a conversation with Jesus. And that presence was as real to me as yours is in front of me today. And it was the germ of an idea, even at nine years of age, to enter a monastery and become a monk, which I did at age 13. And that's when I started on my spiritual path and on my contemplative path. And I've been on it ever since. You heard Georgia speak about the fact that I'm retired. And um, she hinted at my sailboat. And I live on 32 feet of sailboat, about 11 feet wide. And I have most of the time, everything that I need though in the last month I have had no running water, no propane for cooking and no refrigeration. But generally speaking, my life is pretty orderly and good. But what I do have is a floating monastic cell. I find that I have now in retirement returned to a monastic life that is about as close to being a hermit as I actually want to be. And the great thing about being in the life that I have now and not in the monastery, is I get to do it the way I want. (laughs) And anyone who knows me at all will tell tell you, Reverend Terry does things the way he wants. And I look at some of the board members here who have been around a long time and they go, that's for damn sure. this gift that i have had of a spiritual life and of the gift of contemplation is what i'm i'm really grateful for today we're called each and every one of us to sainthood and it's that may feel like a tall order as a matter of fact, when the first time I told the congregation standing in front of me that I, my ambition was to become a saint, somebody said from the, the uh, congregation, how's that working for you? <laughs> well, it's not how it's working
1: for me, but it's how I'm working it. And
3: contemplation. The surrender to the knowing that God is all there is, is the path to that sainthood that we're all called to. Now, I do not expect to get any kind of approbation from the Vatican that I have. I am now Saint Terence of White Rock. (laughs) Um, Nor do I care. Because it is the path to sainthood that is mine to walk, that is mine to ascertain, that's mine to know.
1: We cannot ever
3: be seduced into relying on the idea that we will have a clear concept of God. I remember a man, you know, if when you're a minister, this is a regular thing. You go to a cocktail party and people, oh, blah, 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 blah. And what do you do? And I say, I'm a minister. And they go, oh, wow, interesting. Hmm.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but one of them hung around once and talked about, ministry and church and so on and said you know i i'm i'm not into organized religion i said well you should check out mine it's the most disorganized religion you'll ever find and i but i also said to him i said you know god is what motivates men like me men and women to do what i do and he said oh i don't believe in god i said Tell me about the God you don't believe in. And so he told me all kinds of things about the God he didn't believe in, at which point I said, Well, I don't believe in that guy either. He sounds like a horrible tyrant. But that's not the God that is. That's the God of your own, as they say in AA, your own understanding. It's one you have created that served a part of your life but maybe it's time to ask whether there might be a, another god or a god that could be defined differently that would
1: support where you are in your life today
3: ernest holmes when he penned The Declaration of Principles, the foundation of our teaching, said one of the most remarkable things. It's it's my favorite of the Declaration of Principles. And I'm going to read it to you. We believe the ultimate goal of life is a complete emancipation from all discord of every nature and that this goal is sure to be achieved by all. Let's think about this for a second. I don't think I've ever lived in a time in my life when there was so much discord of every nature. So for Ernest Holmes to make that statement, is to hearken back to how I began this whole thing about the existential crisis out of which contemplation comes. You see, the mystical understanding of Ernest Holmes was in fact that he trusted that there was something in us and in all of us that was able to bring us to a place of complete emancipation from all discord and that it was sure to happen. One one would be hard-pressed to find a statement of faith that more robustly denies reason and human intelligence than this one. And yet it is something that I can feel yearning within me that wants to affirm. Something within me wants to affirm that truth. And that's contemplation.
1: Let everyone cry out to
3: God. And this is how to pray. Hanging on by a hair and a tempest raging around you. None of us are strangers to crisis. But the author is not talking about praying in time of crisis, but rather he is saying that we are always in some state of crisis. For to be living in a body is to be living in a state of crisis.
1: To be living in a body is to constantly be in danger of believing in the small R reality that is our life. Rumi says that
3: we should pray like a man whose hair is on fire is looking for water. We should pray like a drowning man who is trying to breathe. Our prayer should have such urgency
1: that we know we can't live without it. I was a young
3: man in the monastery, I was 22 years old. I'd been there for a few years. And like most young people in undertaking something like that, I thought, well, a couple of years from now and I'll be right on track. I'll know where I'm going, what I'm doing, and I'm gonna be a good monk. And this one particular day, things were going well. But there was that feeling in me that something more had to be expressed, something more had to be known, that even my monastic life was a small R reality, and that I was wanting the big R reality. And suddenly I couldn't breathe. I was standing in the choir. There were about 100 of us, 50 on either side, facing one another and chanting back and forth. And I couldn't breathe. And what we were chanting were these words. I'll say them first in French because that's where they mean the most to me. À qui irions-nous, Seigneur? A qui irions-nous, Seigneur? To whom shall we go, O Lord? Tu as les paroles de la vie éternelle. You have the words of eternal life.
1: And I realized
3: that I was in the place where the words were available to me, but they were not available to my reasoning mind but they were available to my trusting heart.
1: The Quran says,
3: before all men were made, God spoke to Adam and said, am I not your Lord? And in Adam, they all responded, In Adam, they all responded, yes. The intimate knowledge of God, present in the Old Testament as Father, our God in the New Testament, our Father in the New Testament. And finally, in Emma Curtis Hopkins, Ernest Holmes' great and final teacher, said, my God, my God, my good is my God. Knowing that she did, as she did, that we are penetrated by God from within. that God is just that intimate to us. And the Quran goes on to say, he will be thy hearing and thy sight and when he is thy hearing and thy sight then wilt thou hear only him and see only him the question of course is
1: are you listening
4: mm-hmm. namaste Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for hanging in there with us. We've gone a little bit over,
0: but hey, you can stay here all day. I'll, I'll stick around. <laughs> yes. So now it's the time, if you appreciated what happened today, and you want to show your gratitude and your thankfulness, um, you can, uh, the law of circulation, you know, is in constant mo- movement, giving and receiving. It's reciprocal. The more good that is given, the more good that's received. It's proof. This is how the law works. The abundant prosperity of life naturally expands. Life is better. And for this, I am deeply grateful. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath. Be grateful. As Terry said and Tamara said beautifully in her meditation today. When I think from gratitude, I recognize all the good that is available to me. With an open, loving heart, I give thanks for all the gifts that life continuously provides, and so it is. So please join me in showing your gratitude by making a donation to our center so we can keep the lights on and keep the musicians coming and pay for our speakers. So that, that really helps. And uh, you can choose to give regularly, Um, join our committed giving program. All this information can be found on the chat too, is also putting it on the chat right now. And to our live audience, there's envelopes and a basket at the back. Nancy's standing there right now, and you can contribute. And uh, you can go to our donate page on the website. You can pay by mail. We still take checks. Honestly, we do. Or you can pay by e-transfer.